So welcome and Shabbat Shalom. Thus beginneth the lesson for today. Shoftim. Shoftim is on page one, one, four, three. And today we're going to be discussing uh, justice and ethics. But ultimately, I want it to be about uh, our soul. Um, I mentioned a few weeks ago about the shofar and how important it is to be bent, to be humble, to be focused on the the center, and not to be cocksure, so to speak, haughty and stiff-necked. Mishpat, mishpatim, shoftim, are known as judges, but truly, the book of Shoftim are not judges at all. The book of Shoftim are warriors. They're generals, both male and female. And they are in this counter, in this first line, to being adept, swift, grand vision, and facing battle, the Shotrim. You have on the one hand your generals. So... In this translation, it says, You shall appoint magistrates and officials for your tribes. All right. Anytime it says shall, I'm not buying it. So I just <laughs> want to take it, walk it back here. Shoftim veshotrim titenecha. You need both generals and a star in Hebrew. What's a star? Keta star ubia in Ketubah language. Anybody in Hebrew, what is a star? I need the star. I need the document. I need the bureaucrat. I need the accounts receivable. Mm. The paperwork. The paperwork. Uh, famous story for me at Camp Ramah, and I've been working on this my entire life. I uh, uh, was noted by a psychiatrist uh, that I am uh, a, a typical ADHD personality. Uh, in my kind of peripatetic nature, constantly moving. What was that? I need this, more coffee, this coffee, less. I know there are certain personalities in our beloved congregation that hold well. We know them well. Yeah, some of our best friends. So this was in the context, this was 20 years ago, uh, pre-medication or even pre-etiology of illness, that his theory, and it's one that I support, is that that kind of energy is the energy of a general. Uh, that's the energy of a director, producer. These are the energies of rabbis, often. Uh, Especially just, around here. Well, <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. With kavod, with kavod. And yet, a general or an ADHD without the executive function is not effective. And this is really the trick of, I mean, take a Robin Williams, who I think also typifies an ADHD, he was an executive genius in the way his thorough thought through was. Now, he was, and this is why I'm going back to my chauffeur, he was all over the place. But you pull back. And remember back to this through line. This is not about sin and redemption. This is about how we live, how our lives. And I've spent a lifetime, uh, my mom refused to believe that 
Here's a great little midrash about me. My mom, I have terrible... This is really open, so I'm glad this isn't video. I have terrible toes. The grossest toes and like really bad. I was only a mother. There you go. So my, my mom says even more. She says, right, mom, you know, why? Why is it genetic? Did your grandparents or what? She said, you know what it is? God put everything bad possible about you in your toes. In your toes. So the rest of you could be perfect. I love you. Only a mother could say that. Only a mother, right? But to that, it was not this ideology of what's wrong with you and how do I fix you. It's celebrate that. You don't need that. You're, you're not, you know. And this Shoftim B'Shotrim, just to return back to this one text, because I really do want to talk about how we balance ourselves, the Izun, these are the scales of justice, how we understand ourselves. With both Deen and Rachamim, you've got to be hard on yourself. It's not okay. Micah, really interesting, but where were you going? Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to do with that? It's, I'm really challenging myself in this month of Elul not to say, I love you, you're great, I love you for who you are. I do, and thank you, Mom. <laughs> but I also am challenged to have shoftim v'shotrim. Uh, shoftim is uh, also mishpat, shofet is to make plain to lie straight, to flatten out. And shotrim often is that the document, the seal, is the evidence of your work there. And so I've begun each of these classes with a kind of a in-the-round discussion, and I wanted to do that today. Um, and I just want to say in honor and kavod to our rabbi, Rabbi Bernstein, she presented on Wednesday, and, you know, she's, what, three weeks out now from her surgery. Um... It's remarkable, her, her gait, her movement. She is a dancer. She is an inhabited spirit. And there was a through line. She clearly is not in the same kind of um, Plinith, Matseva. Uh, you know, she's just incredible. Yes, but within it, a tremendous elegance and a recalibration to her soul. Yeah, it's manifest, and it's just a great blessing that you, we have such a leader who takes challenge and turns it into, and I just saw that in her energy uh, as she moves. I say this to myself because uh, this is the question that I pose to you with this balancing, uh, and we're going to be focusing very briefly on uh, this beginning of Shoftim V'Shotrim, uh, but the second line of the Torah. My question to you is this. Have you ever felt that you are so straight to everyone else outside, and yet you have worked so hard internally to readjust and recalibrate, and actually you are filled with twists, and I, uh, anybody a computer programmer? This is like the code just says, you know, the, what you see is, hello, my name is. But underneath that code is like thousands of lines of gobbledygook that is just trying to get you to that point. Has anybody ever had the experience of a recalibration that the external, the output seems so simple? Yeah, got a cup of coffee with a friend. The internal, the crazy, the putting on the face, the taking off the face, the changing the car, the parking, the lots, the, oh my God, in a parking lot, 
I will have more anxiety in a moment just to get the, you know, the ticket and the, uh, what do they call that when you... <laughs> this is, I think, how so often we live our life, and I'm not saying that that's not healthy. Uh, I think it's the crooked timber of humanity is to quote Isaiah Berlin. We all have these recalibrations within ourselves. So my open-ended question to you to invite you to consider, and you can take a moment. When has your external output felt like a chauffeur blast? Ha, 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 ha. Mm-hmm. But you know it has taken so many twists and turns for you to be in that place, either in yourself, in your family, or in your community. Is the question clear? The answer's not. No. No, it's very hard. It's very hard. Uh, I'll give you one more example, and just, you know, God bless my wife, you know, we would argue for the sake of heaven, you know, good fights, good deep head and heart fights. To get to the place in that evening that we could come back together was a lot of rebalancing, you know, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of give and take in, uh, in a passionate struggle to to understand one another but my our children you know when we say shema at the end of the night see the external see that place that's another that's just another example and i i just think the more that we can be open about who we are and who our lives are in this space uh, the better we are for it i think issues like that we were actually discussing that at the ki ki men's group a couple of months ago many parents face this how much support, I'm not talking about a, a mental illness situation, how much support do you give, and when does support become enabling, and how do, you, how do you make your own decision about that? How do you balance off the strict judgment, if you want, and the compassion? And it's a very difficult challenge. Uh, I can't speak for women. I can speak for fathers because I am one. Mm-hmm. And I know many, for many, many men, it's extremely, extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. Because you do, and particularly then when you have two parents, mm-hmm. one of whom is more on the compassion side and the other who is more mm-hmm. on the tough it out heart side. But it's, this is a very difficult balance. In any of us who have children, I'm sure you've been you've been through that. As and you mentioned this before, we have the difficulty with ourselves, and that is, it's very easy for me, and and I know other people to be extremely judgmental about myself, and a lot more difficult to be compassionate about myself, to give myself a break, and then say, well, you know, am I just doing that because it's the easy way out? So the, I think these are challenges that we have as human beings. Let's return just for a moment. We're going to continue with this. Please hold your thoughts just now. Let's return uh, 1143. I just want to read this as clearly as I can, mm-hmm. but just to hear the tension now that we've shared these stories. Verse 19. You shall not <laughs> judge unfairly, which literally tate is coming from a tent architecture. You can't stretch the plane. You, uh, verse 19, chapter 16, verse 18, page 1143. Mm-hmm. mishpat. You shall not stretch the plane, judgment. You shall not 
become familiar with faces. You shall not show partiality. You shall not take bribes. We're now turning the page. 11-1144. Do not take shohad bribes because bribes blind wise eyes and they literally singe yisalef sreifa they singe just words and then it immediately goes into idolatry which is interesting because it's trying to connect Deuteronomy, Moses in this, but Deuteronomy immediately connects ethics and idolatry, something we spoke of last week. So I want to return. I think it is saying both the plain meaning and its opposite meaning. We want to be fair. We want to be blind. Justice is blind. If we are purely blind, we will be unjust. We will not mitigate justice fairly. We are constantly balancing justice and compassion. So when Moses says, you'll never listen, you're never wrong. Hold on a second, you know. You never were, you never did, you never can. Not true. However, we do want to have fairness in our judgment. We want to have equitable society. I can think of no greater example of this tension, which comes uh, one of the most famous parts of our Torah and... Oh, gosh. Uh, which is uh, Lex Talion. Uh, an eye for an eye. And now I want you to turn to the sheet that I have passed out. And forgive me if uh, they have not on the art side. Everyone knows this. We shall have Lex Talion is an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, an arm for an arm, a life for a life. Okay, this is part of our uh, Parsha today. And what I brought before you is so. Justice needs to be absolutely egalitarian and fair. And therefore, if you poke out an eye, you take an eye. That's the simple read. But of course it's not so simple. Has anybody read this piece of Talmud uh, from Bavakama? Bava it's one of my faves. So this is just one example of this challenge of Lex Italian, of eye for an eye. It's taught in a bright to Rabbi Shiba ben Yochai says, an eye for an eye. It's referring to cash, money. That if you poke out my eye, we value that eye and give money. We don't poke out another eye. And it's just to refer to some other cultures to actually cut someone's hand off for stealing. Uh, the brutality, the lack of justice in this equity, false equity, is, I think, clear to all of us. But just here, he says this, Shimon Meyerchai. Do you say it's referring to money? Or is it only teaching? You cause the injury, you should actually lose an eye. What if there was a blind person <laughs> and he blinded another? Or there was a guy with a bad hand and he severed the limb on another? 
Or another great case of this is, what if you are a watchman, meaning you could have one arm, no arms, you're, you're just watching the field, and then there's a violin uh, specialist. Do you get to cut off his hands? Right? Do you cut off the, the woman who, who's a violin expert or someone whose eyes are, you know, to, uh, the Talmud says, put a thread through a pearl? Well, what if your eyes, you don't do anything with your eyes? You, uh, let's say, you know, uh, I don't know. What doesn't take eyes to, to do work? Anything? No, deep sea divers. Okay, deep sea divers perhaps don't. So right here you have this case of Judaism, and I will, I, I hate it, it being called hypocrisy. I don't even think it's irony. I think it's what uh, John Rawls, anybody legal theory, John Rawls would call the, the veil of ignorance to uh, counterbalance all of the various uh, needs and uh, reflections to create equality takes a tremendous amount of twisting so that when you look at a class uh, let's say of uh, affirmative action uh, and really now um, you know 25 years ago I'm just this is not an aside this is actually our teaching what Sandra Day O'Connor said well hopefully in 25 years we'll, we'll be in a place where we won't need this anymore and she was the decisive vote back in affirmative action uh, 25 years ago um, this University of Texas case, uh, most recently, uh, John Roberts is clearly uh, not in support of Sandra Day O'Connor's uh, positioning, and he believes that that's how you make an ethical society, without the veil. Uh, and for me, this is uh, a society working so hard to twist itself uh, ethically to create equity, so that, uh, I, I, and I don't have to use uh, politics, I'm really, by the way, very careful uh, for those that are listening. Mm -hmm. Look, politics and religion have, are, are very fused, and, they're, and it's very hot. So uh, for now, let me just stay in the tepid waters of spirituality, and <laughs> as, we, as we understand who we are uh, as a community, and I'm really waiting in some ways to hear uh, from you where we are as a community, how to move forward in this way. So, but... John Rawls, uh, his veil of ignorance in order to say, well, if everything were blind, everything were equal, that's easy. But everything is not equal. So take this Torah study, for example. As simple as that. Some people know Hebrew very well. And some people are new to, to Hebrew. I could say, on the one hand, don't use Hebrew. Everybody's equal. I can, on the other hand, say... Too bad, I got a translator. Come on, step up. That's the baseline. I want you to be there. But of course, good ethics is taking each and every person into consideration in that balance. And now back to Bert's point about family and Margot, so what to you too? Everything is fair, right? Fair. You need two hundred thousand, you need two hundred thousand. Done. Well that you went to medical school, you went to art school. Done. You got any education you want. We know that this kind of distributive justice is unjust. We, in our kishkas, you can look at the line and say, fair, but each has a different place. How we do that is by setting the standard of Lextalian, of equity, of fairness, 
and then we work our tuchuses off to make sure that that really does come fair with equal yeah. access. But it's still very confusing, for example. <laughs> a couple of examples. Please, please. One is uh, a parking ticket here. Everyone gets charged $64. In Norway or Sweden, one of them, they are charged a percentage of their income. And what is the difference between equality and equity? Yes. A standard example is uh, if the fence is uh, five feet high, so the five foot six inch person has a view. (laughs) The four foot ten does not have a view, but it's equal. If you want equity, you have to give the shorter person a bench <laughs> so that that makes it that's equity that is raw that but would be not, an excellent it's not equal rawls that is an example of rawls how you make these slight adjustments in order to level this playing field to give people that opportunity but that, <laughs> another example one more that was good equity and equality tzedek 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 by the way, this goes back to the first line, justice, justice you shall pursue. The first round, for sure, I'm trying to figure out equality. Okay, apples to apples. Well, you know, Concord, apple juice. And then you take very much differently. Now, here's the problem, is that with your fence metaphor, we think, okay, it's a bench. Well, why don't we cut a hole in the fence? <laughs> There's so many different ways to create the different veils. And... Uh, in medieval, we're going to get this in the moment. The veil is ruach. The veil is spirit. The veil is actually this thin line in medieval theology between mad, uh, between the corporal, the body, and the totally ephemeral. So the veil is this semi-transparent way to negotiate these things. You know, the Mark and Chuck. Yeah. So, you know, it Finish that out, finish that out in the morning paper, so just... Well, the issue is poor people can't raise money to put their, to get bond, therefore they have to spend time in jail. Whereas a person with money having done exactly the same thing, exactly the same thing, can't take a look. Both people are equal players. So, all I'm saying is that the point you're raising So, Mark, in your metaphor, is the veil opaque, semi-translucent, or translucent? The capacity to be off, depending on what's happening at your moment. You may, when you're ready to blow the horn, someone will just cut you off. The veil's pretty thick. <laughs> <laughs> and a beautiful, 
summer afternoon. Translucent. So I just I'm challenging you here in that uh, at least in medieval theology, uh, this goes back to actually even Ezra, that the veil is your is your spiritual armor that allows God in. So instead of trying to remove it, which then you would be so naked to the world that you would be destroyed. This is also Kabbalah, that you use that veil as your own semi-translucence to protect. So in fact, I'm just trying to flip it for you as, a, as this metaphor. When you're about to shout, your veil comes up and says, no, I won't. That is not your soul. So that it actually thickens in that moment and that when it is ultimately like Yom Kippur, uh, the veil is, is white. The veil is absolutely pure. And this challenge of equity and society, I do believe is political. I think it's ethical. I think it's personal. Um, and I think it's also, I want to challenge Dean and Rachamim. Uh, too much twisting. Uh, let's take public schools and IEP individual uh, programs. The balancing of each of these children and everyone needing their, and God bless, we're working so hard to give the best to all of our, our children. Uh, perhaps that does not, in equity, a class of 35 students and six students have the IEPs that 85% of the time is spent on the four students that are making it, but is that ultimately uh, tzaddik? And the radaf, it is the pursuit of this justice that is so important. Tzaddik, tzaddik, yes, Jody. This is exactly what I want to say, because for me the message is justice, justice, shall you pursue, not shall you achieve. Mm -hmm. And I think that if it just speaks to this. If this is your intent to pursue justice, you might make mistakes, you might get it wrong. Where clearly for bail bonds, that is not the intent. I mean, the intent is we need to make some money, and we need the money, and we hope these people skip bail and get bail. It's a money-making venture. It's not to. It's not to to pursue justice because if that was the case, everyone would just spend their time in jail, and there would be no money-making. But I think it's really, really important for me that we just, that I try to go to my life, do my life, justice, justice, shall I pursue? Might make it right, might make some mistakes, but if my intent is for justice, and I, for me, that's what it says. Yes, please, one, and then Judith, thank you. I agree with Judith because to me, it's always the, not always, but mostly the journey that's important. Yes. And whether, having the, I'll give you an example. Yes, yes. I'm eating track here, but we once went on a trip. I took 40 rolls of film. Three mm -hmm. photos turned out because there was an issue with my camera that I didn't know about, obviously. And my husband wasn't very happy about this. <laughs> and I said, um, it ever occurred to you that I loved every minute of taking all of those <laughs> yes. photographs. Yes. And I've got them here someplace, but you know, it, it, it really satisfied me to a certain extent. But 
next time we go on a trip, I will make sure to pursue the end result a little right. differently. Yes. So, but your intention is not intention. to screw up the photos. And Absolutely. Rodev. I'm all for the journey. The, yeah. And this pursuit, just to put it in context of Israel, you know, the Rodev. Uh, mm-hmm. which was uh, the death of mm-hmm. Rabin mm-hmm. was in some ways from this Rodef uh, term, meaning you must pursue justice if someone is undermining the cause of justice, the state of Israel, and in this case, Oslo for this Imach Shmo, I will not mention his name, uh, the I actually, I, you know, I always I do it with a cross outline like Amalek, so, you know, Yigal Amir, an ill man who was given tools that were a, a bludgeon to this Rodef, which is not a pursuit to as a means, it was a pursuit as an ends, and that and that really has has made us a less just society in that in that pursuit. Uh, it's very powerful the the camera story, and um, I, I don't take pictures because um, I, I don't take pictures at all um, because of that pressure of framing that moment, <laughs> and that I would capture it somehow or not or and it wasn't just missing the moment that's a totally different thing but it's this and I just remember when uh, we used to travel and you remember it had to go through the x-ray machines yeah. and all those little canisters and I don't remember which one was the quarters and you know the the change canister and which was the the stress of that moment I'm like you know what I'm giving up pictures in general and that, that may be a tragedy but you know my kids look gorgeous and I'm, I'm okay with that yes we had uh, Judith uh, and Bert I do want to get to just I do want to get to That's Ecclesiastic <laughs> this is this is absolute now we could talk about idolatry or how they how they you know manifest this but it is this is I just want to say, okay, you want the Torah portion, which just says, if it is among you, too hard to figure something out. If it is too baffling to decide, it tells you right there explicitly, there's no answer. It is not plain. And you have to trust the best people in the time to do this, and it can't be a single opinion. So powerful. So, yeah, Judith and then Emperor. Just a comment on the, the bail that you mentioned. I want to give kudos to KI. They did have a talk, and they mm-hmm. had one of the major advocates for bail reform speak here one Friday night. Kola There is a Tikkun Olam justice uh, uh, presentation coming up, both in uh, Social Justice Fair and at the end of the month, uh, at September, uh, 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 talk about gun control in this very same, like bringing the best scholars to this place. The best people. The best people. <laughs> we have the best people. Amen. Amen. Uh, Berta, then, on it. Did Judith wait, wait, first? I, oh. I, see I said floor. Judith? Yeah, did I say? I, yeah, but I didn't get to then. <laughs> so now, I want to go back to your initial statement about you're going through this month of Elul working on a goal for yourself. Yes. And I understood, maybe incorrectly, that the goal was make peace with this turmoil that goes on within you and that goes on within all of us as to how we des- decide to come to a point of pursuing justice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember, like Margot, I have had a child who was mentally ill with um, schizophrenia. She was also an addict. 
and she died eight years ago, not from addiction. And in part, the turmoil I had was, what part can I play in this child's recovery into life? She was born with terrible problems, yes. and yes. it just got worse. But finally, the addiction problem got so great, I couldn't deal with it anymore. And I saw my other children saying, Mom, it's killing you, and it's not helping her to allow her to continue this way. So I had to say to her, Nina, I can't see you anymore. Mm. I can't talk to you anymore. Lose my phone number until you're clean. I will return back to the Torah on six, uh, verse six, uh, page one one four five. Al pishne edim, oshlosha edim, yumatamet, lo yumat al pi ed echad. A person shall be on two witnesses or three witnesses that causes the ultimate demise. Well, my children, my other children did it. But the, the good thing after all that was that she decided she could not cut herself off from her family. Mm. And she was clean for the last 13 years of her life. And that was you enabled choice I, I instead of enabling other ways of capacity and so Margot I think that actually is very healthy it is not black or white No, it is not lease or no lease it is how do we set very manageable goals to reduce the spiritual VIX index do you remember this the spiritual volatility index towards incremental steps towards health and then two three witnesses to bring as you have, and and to know that um, it, this is done with both chesed and din. The problem so much is that we're all chesed, and then it it kind of you know we we want the other way. We want everything for our kids, or too much din. <laughs> Marco struggled with her son and the struggle I had, and I think every one of us has had some absolutely differing degrees of struggle with. How do we make a decision that is just, or at least in pursuit of justice? So back to my own personal, you know, I'm really trying to, look, thank God, I feel blessed and loved. It's huge in this first month here. I do. That is not a license to just stay in my nice schmaltzy, not schmaltzy, but my nice original teenage self. If I do, but what I'm struggling with right now, quite frankly, is if I try to straighten it out in one chiro, spiritual chiropractic, mm-hmm. I'm going to end up in traction. My mind does go this way. <laughs> you know, Robin Williams, could you imagine him being a stenographer? <laughs> right? if, you try to, if you try to do it all over. Right, <laughs> it looks like form. Jackson Pollock. Yeah, exactly. And so, and so this... The approach, and that's in conversation. So why, why, why didn't you? Because this is a conversation, love. It's a conversation, and each time we have more information and hearing where you're at and hearing your help, I have more knowledge. That is just now. That is justice, and I'd say back to bail bonds and back to our incarceration system. That's not justice. You know that seven out of eight people uh, that when they do sentencing by video conferencing, it, it's something quintupled when there's someone face to face. Al pi in the face of a judge must be panim el panim. 
face to face. When you have the mediated experience, I used to do Skype uh, pastoral visits. I thought it was so great tech, you know? And uh, I was doing a wedding talk. I'm giving you all my good stuff. You know, it's like week three. I'll run out of interesting things to. No, we'll give you new things. Yeah. So they're in Boston. I'm in uh, San Francisco, and I love this. I love this woman. She's uh, highly neurotic, but wonderful. And the guy, yeah, he was in, he was okay. So. Uh, he was okay. Yeah, he was lucky, but he didn't realize it. So, meanwhile, they're saying, you know, we're this. I don't know this venue, that venue. You know, you know, chicken or fish. It was one of those silly, you know, wedding talk. <laughs> the Skype link was weak. You're breaking up. <laughs> You're breaking up. I can't see you. You're breaking up. Call drops. I get on the phone. There are tears. Rabbi, you said what we couldn't say. This wasn't about chicken or fish. This wasn't about 500 or 200. We want different things in our life. He's off to medical school and residency, and, you know, I, I want to support him, but he, he, he's... You can't, you can't write that... You can't... And you know what? That's where humility in this face of this Torah, and this is where idolatry is, when we objectify justice. This is why I think constantly it is putting idolatry back, this matzevah, this stone. By the way, we used to pray under trees. We used to pray under stones. We used to be able to go to the beach and pray because we weren't praying to the ocean. We were praying to the God above. When we objectify, when we turn it into this is the answer, ah, I follow these 10 simple steps. The, and God bless, 12-step programs are very powerful when we treat them as halakha. And by the way, law, when we treat them as this, oh, I did the steps, I did the steps. You know, I, I've done the paleo, I've done the 40 by 40 or whatever these things may be. It is a journey and a process. Journey and a process. Yes? Rabbi, the, um, one of the statements in here which is really... <clears throat> jumped out at me is let page and verse the, let the hands of the witness be the first to put the condemned to death I mean it's all of a sudden I looked at that and said that can't really exist in our society does it? oh yeah look at the Luca Brazzi I mean just go back to the Godfather the Godfather never had his hand well, on I the mean, death in our justice system let's say in Israel do the witnesses they don't put Therefore, and just hear Deuteronomy's irony. Just hear the irony. This goes back to Sota. This goes back to some of the assumed, some misogyny, yes, in the Torah. But a lot of it is, it's, it's a legal fiction. This is written post facto to try to show justice, but I don't. Be- Do you remember uh, Life of Brian? Stone him, stone him, stone him. <laughs> Who are these people? And if you can, if you can truly be that one person and you have three people, that is profound. 
this sense of justice of pulling the button. And I do believe that, uh, and it's something that's a personal struggle about capital punishment, that when the family is there, there are cases in certain states, they, uh, they allow that person, that administration, for this sense of recompense. The stories that are following that feeling of pushing the button, meaning electrocuting an individual that murdered their children, for example, in a painful way, they do not have that sense of the stories that follow that don't necessarily give you that sense. But David, for you, I'm, I, I, I was midrashing your story, and that's not fair. Did, was that powerful for you? Was that just to you that you must be that? That it's a powerful statement. What did you appreciate well, about think, it, or I chat? think what I got out of that, and this is not the first time I've thought about this, is that that is the ultimate test. Mm-hmm of your own integrity if you're going to testify against someone. Are you willing, if the sentence is death, are you willing to stand up or is there another way that this is not addressing? Because I don't think there'd ever be capital punishment if you had to have the witness you're 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 assuming there a level of compassion, a level of compassion and humanity that sadly all people don't share. There are in fact vindictive people in this world. There are in fact sure you can see it on the news. People without, but that's not how these societies work. I, I would doubt in Israel. Well, first of all, there's no capital punishment. But in a country with Eichmann. One. But that was representative that every every Jew got to put and I just I'm asking openly, this is such a so far field that I want to get to everyone. Do we feel justice? Did that really balance the whole thing? No. That was an open ended question, obviously. (laughs) A little leading. Forgive. Yeah, please. Thank you, David. Yeah. Very powerful. Right. That moment. So I want to like just ask like why we're talking about this now. I mean, I know that's like obvious. It's now, mm-hmm. and it's about to be what comes next is going to come next. But the justice stuff seems so core not to me on some level because it feels implicitly that it's actually about how we show up in community. And even the point about the witnesses and do we choose to that is about community at its core. How do we commune as a society? Um, the idea of stone pillar, it, I don't know, but I would ask in like Jewish mysticism, the idea of destroying that thing, are we not talking about the actual body of a man, but we're talking about that false notion of who that man or how that man manifests? I think about Instagram. Or Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Been reading. Mm-hmm. There are kids, teenagers now, who are chasing, asking their mom and dad, "Can I get plastic surgery to look like my avatar, my false <laughs> idol?" And when when we say no, um, uh, how do we how do we become conscious of where we're creating a stone pillar, and how do we collectively hold space to dismantle that? So that is why you shall appoint. It does not say that. I'm going back to the beginning, 1143, the very first line. 
You must be a general. You must be a military. You must be strategic warrior and a bureaucrat. Titen lecha. Give that gift to yourself. So it doesn't say a point. No. Titen lecha. Kind of become yourself. You make. Give it to your lecha. Reflexive. It doesn't say lechem you. And and in the context. I, you were talking personally, spiritually, absolutely. When God says to Moses, make for yourself two sets of tablets like the two tablets like the first, the Midrash is clear on this. It means you carve yourself. Idolatry, the only idol in this world, the only object of divinity that you can carve is you. And that is why this challenge is to both be that general that strategic visionary and that and that technical asset to become that. And yes, when you become ossified, that is the awakening of this. This is to shatter to shatter to shatter the false exfol you know, spiritual exfoliation. I can give you a thousand metaphors, but it's all the same. And why? Because desperately in the end of Deuteronomy, Moses is letting go. This is that. Oh, we talked about this. This is that hug before they go off to college. And you're like, and another thing, and another thing, and another thing. How you doing? Oh, my God. I just let my kid go to public school. Oh, my God. Dude's up. Dude's up. Dude. It was crazy how much tension there is in nothing. Just walking around from period to period. There's only so much. You know, you can't hold his lunchbox. He's in ninth grade. It's time for him to shape himself. And it's really challenging. I, I, I did want to show you this, and I hope that I invite you to look at material arts even in these final moments. What I was showing you here was, uh, in below is from uh, Trier in 1250. This is how uh, synagogue and ecclesiastica, this is often in many churches and cathedrals around Europe. You'll see this, two examples of what the church is and what the synagogue is. And the first one is as early as 830 early, we can't even call it medieval period, that's Byzantine, and in manuscript form. And there's anti-Semitism in it. Uh, clearly, you can see her crown on the right is tipped. Do you see how petty the two tablets are? Mm. And then her crooked staff, her crooked staff of judgment. But the finest example, and this comes from Dr. Vivian Mann, who was my uh, professor working at the Jewish Museum and a brilliant scholar and really helping me reread, just like Torah, reread art. It seems as if that is the theme of uh, Ecclesiastica and Synagoga. This is from Strasbourg in 1230. If you look here to the left, Ecclesiastica straight upright with the chalice versus synagogue blind the crooked staff and the torah in her hand hanging well down yeah. now i know that i've already fronted you with uh, about an hour of this corrupt justice and blind justice etc i challenge you with this take a look at that picture who really is more beautiful just look at her contrapposto Look at the natural Torah of that that stick, which actually comes uh, from Isaiah. This uh, this the staff of the twelve tribes that is organic. She's holding law, but she's not committed strictly by it. It is not about my crown. It is about her grace, and and this is Doctor Mann. I'm I'm quoting her midrash, which is. 
actually blind justice, using Torah as its guide, but not as its chalice, and taking the, this is Isaiah Berlin, the crooked timber of humanity in hand is more dignified and elegant than in this kind of, uh, I could say, Madonna-like church with her strong staff and her, and her upfrontness of justice. But I feel that she is not as strong as synagogue in that way. I love this piece. And you go to churches and it can either dishearten you and say, oh, they're always anti-Semitic, or you can try to look at some of these artists. And Strasbourg, as we know, leads uh, Strasbourg uh, on the border of France and Germany that leads to the Dreyfus trial, that leads to this crooked timber of our own humanity. Uh, and so uh, with that, um, uh, let us give uh, both Amisha Beirach uh, for those that are ill, if there is a dissemination of...